Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, John Seppi. Got a very familiar guest to our audience this week. The one and only Mike Kloss, columnist at the Gazette. And for our video viewers, Zoom background pro as well. Mike, thanks for joining the podcast. John, how are you? I am good. How are you? Terrible. No, I'm <laughs> fine. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Starting off the week right there. Yep. So, first it's a of all, dark in talk- here. I'm sorry about that. What? It's a little dark in here. I apologize for that. Oh, no problem. So, let's first talk a little bit of men's basketball. Things look to be going pretty well there with that 7 and 0 start. Granted, they played some teams that you should probably be 7-0 against. And then it seems like the men's basketball team has kind of had a coming back down to earth moment here in the last few weeks. Yes, they're the Illinois thing. You couldn't be disappointed with the Purdue game, I don't think. I mean, sure you want to win, but you're a you're a heavy underdog. You're playing without Keegan Murray. You're on the road against a team that was primed to become number one in the country, albeit just for one week. And Iowa played its guts out in that game, and it was a two-point game in the final minute. The Illinois thing, a little more disappointing. It's a home game. You lose a game like that, even to a good opponent, and Illinois is a good opponent. But when you lose a home game like that, you're a minus one in the Big Ten. And you got to find some place to get it back. And that's not too great. What was worse, of course, was the rebounding number in that game. They were out-rebounded by 29, which should never happen anywhere, anytime, anyhow in the history of your program. And you thought, well, maybe that's an aberration. Kofi Coburn, after all, seven foot and nobody who Iowa's been able to handle since he got in the league. They go to Ames. Played their easily play their worst game of the year, and they're out rebounded by 18 to a small team. And the rebounding was just one aspect of it. That game was, I mean, 53 points for a team that had been averaging almost 100 a couple of weeks ago. Was the reality check that uh, in the real season they're one and three, not seven and three. Yeah, the seven and three sounds a lot better than the one and three in terms of the actual quality opponents there. And you mentioned the rebounding. What else do you think went wrong there in that? Everything, everything, John. The way (laughs) they got beaten to the basketball. I watched uh, some of it on um, video last night. The 50-50 balls, as they call them, Iowa State, Iowa State, Iowa State, Iowa State, the broken up passes, the, uh, you know, if if, uh, if, if there was a, a back tap of a rebound, Iowa State got it. It was a, a really great display of hustle and desire and energy and all that good stuff. And it's why Iowa State won the game. It wasn't the Uh, that the Cyclones had some brilliant offensive performance, although Isaiah Brockington was fabulous. The best individual performance I've seen this year, which is saying something since Keegan Murray's had some good ones, but Brockington was just 
incredible, made his first nine shots and had some jumpers off step backs and some slick moves to the baskets and some scoop shots. And he was just fantastic. But as a whole, their off it wasn't their offense. Their offense was okay, not not great. It was the defense. It was the desire, the second chances, third chances, Johnny on the spot. The play that typified the game for me was with a, less than five minutes left. The game's decided. It's about a 20-point margin. Iowa's got a long pass for what looks like it should be an uncontested layup, but Tyrese Hunter of the Cyclones is hustling down the court and broke it up, knocked it out of bounds. Didn't have to. Nobody would have thought twice if he hadn't. They're still going to be ahead 18 points. They're still going to win easily. He makes the play. Uh, that is why Iowa State is 10-0 and right now, and Iowa needs to start playing like that. <laughs> yeah, because they aren't 10-0. Um, I think everyone's heard about how great Keegan Murray is. I don't think that's a secret anymore. But it seems like some other players have, at times when Iowa has been playing better, stepped up, whether it's Tony Perkins or somebody else. Who do you think has impressed you the most outside of the main star there with Keegan? Well, until Thursday's game at Ames, I thought that the second best player on the team the last few games had been Tony Perkins. Maybe the, the, I'll take that back, the best player on the team, because Murray missed the Purdue game, and then he's rounding back into form against Illinois and Iowa State. And I don't discount the effect that his ankle problems had on him in those two games. He just couldn't make shots at aim, shots that he makes. I mean, I sat at courtside, and, I, and there were some times when it's like, okay, there's he's going to score there, and he didn't. He was 4 of 17. I don't think you'll see that too often. Uh, with the eight, nine days between games, if the ankle heals as one would assume it would, I think we'll see a lot more of the Keegan Murray we saw in the first seven games. Uh, but Tony Perkins picked up the slack. He didn't do a lot at Ames, but few did. Uh, Perkins has been good. Ulysses has, has been good. I think Patrick McCaffrey's been good taking that Iowa State game out of the equation. And then it seems like Iowa still doesn't have another, it's like they have this gauntlet of actually competitive games after having all the kind of cupcake games to start out the year. Seems like they're going to get one more challenge here in this stretch with that matchup coming up against Utah State. Yeah, it's a good mid-major team. They're from the Mountain West Conference. They're 7-3. and three. They've got a real tough game Wednesday. They play at Weber State, which is another really good mid-major team. They have a 6'6 junior forward named Justin Bean, who might be the best player on the court in the Pentagon Saturday night. He averages 21-plus points, 11 and a half rebounds. He's shooting 50% from three point. I think he's shooting 66% all told. He's a senior, has played a lot of games and is really good. So it's, I think it's a game Iowa wins, but it better, it has to show up and it has to play 
you know, if it plays the kind of ball it played at Purdue, it wins the game. If it plays the kind of ball it played at Virginia, it wins the game. If it just plays better than it does at Iowa State, and how could it not? It should. That's a pretty low bar there. It is. But but uh, this is a decent opponent. Um, you know, we don't always pay attention. It's so hard to pay attention to all the good mid-majors around America because there are so many and because the, there are just so many programs. Yeah. But uh, when I first heard this game, it didn't do anything for me. And then I, I learned a little bit about them. And it's like, yeah, they're good. Not great, but good. Uh, a team that could win their conference, could conceivably be an NCAA tournament team. And, and this is a game that would actually mean something in the NCAA tournament resume eyes, you know, in a few months, if I was in the mix. And then speaking of kind of that postseason, if I was in the mix, where do you think fans expectations should be? I think people were really riding a high when they're seven and oh, thinking, Oh, what things could be. And then maybe not so much now after the last three games. Well, I think every, you know, the Virginia game, Bucked everybody up. They were six and zero, and everybody knew who the six were against. There wasn't a top two hundred team among the six, and that's not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. But then you go to Virginia, which is a marquee college basketball name. You know, you don't have to explain to people who Virginia is. When I would NCAA, hope people know. Yeah, I mean, they won the NCAA tournament just a couple of years ago. They won the ACC regular season championship last season. They're they're not what they were. They have work to do, but it's still Virginia's. It still uh, was a was a tough environment, and Iowa played very well and won the game. So after that game, you're excited, knowing that you're going to Purdue, and that that's going to be a a real uphill fight. And then to find out you're doing it without Keegan Murray. And then the way they played, you come out of that. And it was one of those rare losses that didn't feel like a loss. And you were there, yeah. John. I mean, oh, yeah. Iowa, Iowa played its heart out and, and you saw a lot of good things. Yeah. Uh, Purdue was just too much and not by that much. No. That defensive uh, intensity was there. It was, yeah, and, it was terrific. They were down 19 with 10 minutes left or so and cut it to two. Yeah. Uh, so you're eight games in and you feel pretty good. The Illinois thing last week didn't feel so good. And, you know, and then the bottom fell out at Ames. So, you know, maybe it, it brought a dose of realism into things. This is not a big Iowa team. It's not a good rebounding team, to say the least. It has deficiencies. I also think it has strengths. And I also think it's not going to play very many Big Ten teams that can rebound as well as Purdue and Illinois. Yeah. But that's not going to matter if you don't go get the ball like they didn't do at Iowa State. Yeah. And you mentioned that Purdue game. The defensive intensity was one thing that really stood out to me. And when you were in post-game press conferences, it almost seemed like Iowa was not quite winning team, but Iowa had a lot to hang their hats on. And Matt Painter, the Purdue head coach, was pretty blunt in saying that Iowa outworked them. They were tougher than them. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, you can't really be too bummed about that one. But well, and, and it's funny how things go. I mean, after that, Purdue went to Rutgers and lost. And then yesterday was extremely fortunate to win in overtime at North Carolina State. They looked beaten, managed to rally to send that to overtime and then pulled away. So they're not the number one team in the country. Uh, no. They were getting uh, ordained that in a lot of circles. And it's like, it's December. Hang on. And when you saw Iowa play them, I don't think that that was a, a, an argument for Purdue's number one in the country. <laughs> uh, I'm, I think Big Ten basketball is good, not great. Uh, Illinois lost at home to Arizona. You know, um, There there have been some very pleasant surprises, Minnesota especially. I think Wisconsin has surpassed expectations by quite a bit. Northwestern's been off to a nice start. There have also been disappointments. Michigan, very disappointing. The way they got beat by Minnesota at home was bewildering almost. (laughs) Maryland, I was about to write off. They changed coaches in December, and then they beat a top 25 team in Florida. But then you, but then it's like okay, but you've still got this steady diet of the Michigan states, the Ohio states, the Indianas, etc. And I hear Iowa will go into January zero and two in the Big Ten, and you know it's to think that this team can contend for the Big Ten title, whether uh, Brad Underwood says they can or not. I think it's highly unlikely. Yeah, and what Brad Underwood is saying publicly and what actually is realistic can be two slightly different things oftentimes. Sure, sure. But, I mean, I, I, I take him at face value that, that when they saw the film of Iowa that he was impressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, Iowa got murdered on rebounding, but everything else, they only committed four turnovers in that game. And in that game, too, they were down 15, and they back, they came almost all the way back. And Murray wasn't quite right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it's a team that on certain nights is going to be able to, to beat anybody, and on certain nights can be beaten by almost anybody in that conference. Almost. <laughs> Well, that sounds like the recipe for an interesting Big Ten season, to say the least. Maybe, maybe, or maybe mediocre, (laughs) you know, I don't know. There's such a long way to go. Well, switching gears to a sport where there isn't really a long way to go this season, football, big news lately in terms of the current team is Tyler Goodson declaring for the draft. He announced that on Friday afternoon. So really talented running back, been on the Doak Walker watch list for, I think is the last two preseasons. The question is, okay, what does Iowa's rushing game look like? And what's his outlook in the draft? First of all, He's not exactly going to be a top-round pick, chances are, because this offensive line hasn't given him a ton to necessarily show off on this season. Yeah, you know, I'd be guessing as far as the draft, but running backs are not 
a high priority item in NFL drafts anymore. No. Um, and I don't think he'll get drafted particularly high if he gets drafted. I just think it was a matter of, you know, why put one more year of college wear and tear on a running back when they've got such short shelf lives as it is? Oh, yeah. Go see, go see if you can get paid or not. You can always go back to school to finish that degree, too. That's Yeah, that's what they say. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But this was – he got 1,100 yards, right? I mean, you know this stuff off the top oh, of your yeah. head better than I do. Against but an offensive line that is – It wasn't an easy like, year. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he had more yards for loss than any running back in the country, I believe. And I'm not laying that on him. I'm yeah. not laying it 100% on the offensive line either, but he was put in a position to fail on a lot of carries this year. And if you take those out, the numbers are really good. And well, he's, yeah. He's averaged more than four yards per carry. So Yeah, that's not – yeah, that's not a – you know, if, if going into the year – if you'd have said Tyler Goodson or Brees Hall, it might have been a coin flip. I mean, Goodson was coming in. What was he? Was he second team all conference or first team last year? I don't remember. Maybe it depends. I don't remember on off the top of my head. Who voted? But but he was expected to be an all conference running back this year. Yeah, and and he got passed by. Um. I don't know. It's a hard road for running backs. We Anybody who saw Akram Wadley play here for four years thought that guy can play in the league. Well, he couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he just couldn't. Uh, is Goodson better? Maybe. He might be. But is he better enough? I don't know. He'll get his chance. And I oh, think yeah. he'll get a, a good word of mouth from his college coaching staff. I would certainly think so. Yeah, but it's uh, you got to go to the right team. It's got to be the team that needs what you do. He can catch the ball. That's a big plus. NFL running backs have to be able to catch the ball and he can. I think he's third on the team in receptions. I would want to double check that. I may be wrong about that, but but he's got he's certainly up there, though. Yeah. For a running back, he has a, a healthy number of catches. Uh, so, I mean, he, he definitely has a chance. And I definitely understand why he's leaving. Why run the ball another 200 times and, you know, heaven knows what could happen to you. Yeah. And the ball game's an exhibition. These people who resent players for leaving bowl games are like, well, they're, they're clearly not your kids, you know, because if they were your kids, you'd be looking at this more from a practical matter as opposed to this nonsense about loyalty. Um, Loyalty is a is uh, is a word people use when they don't have any skin in the game themselves. Oh yeah, it's easy for you and I to say, or anybody to say, "Well, he isn't very loyal." Well, it's a little different when you're running it. And the thing too is, you mentioned the 200 more carries. Even just take the maybe the 15 carries against. Kentucky that he would probably face in the Citrus Bowl, if not more. Well, all it takes is one ACL tear. And you were mentioning the short shelf life for, you know, players at the running back position. That can 
time can tick pretty quickly at that position. So, yeah, you know, and it's not even, a, it doesn't even have to be an ACL. I mean, if, if you just tweak a hamstring or something and you're not yourself when it comes time for the combine or for pro days, that can make the difference in a significant amount of falling down the draft ladder. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, if anybody who rooted for him and cheered him on for the last three years that now washes their hands of him has got their own issues. And I think, mo- I think most people understand it. It's just common sense. Yeah. You know, you, you used to look, they're not in a Rose bowl. They're not in a playoff game. This is a citrus bowl against Kentucky. It's an exhibition game. Uh, you can call it. You can you can make a bigger deal of it than that if you want to, but that's what it is. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do at running back because they kind of have a couple routes they can go down. It would seem to make the most sense to have Gavin Williams really get thrown out there, see how he does, give him some valuable experience against a Power Five opponent. Well, it'll be interesting to see what role Ivory Kelly Martin has, mm-hmm. where he's an experienced back that really kind of fell off the depth chart. But I could see a situation where Gavin Williams' strengths really pair well with Ivory Kelly Martin's for a backfield combo. Granted, it's certainly no Tyler Goodson in the backfield, yeah. but it's not a bad combination there for Iowa to have. No, for a one-game stopgap, I think it would work. I mean, uh, and for Kelly Martin, it would be a sort of a chance for them to reward him for staying the course. Yeah, which he's been a tough path for him. It has, it has, and he's he's had his ups and downs, but he's been a contributor for a long time now for them. Oh yeah, and not just at running back, the special teams contribution right, there too. Right, exactly, and. I, I like what I've seen from Williams in his oh, yeah. spot duty. I mean, he's uh, he's a thorough, what I would call a thorough running back in that he seems to squeeze out what's there. Yeah, that's uh, a great I, description for it. And yeah, that paired yeah. well, it seemed to be with Goodson, who kind of like right. Martin is a little more of the speed back. Yeah. So, and when you exactly. don't have a ton of space opening up with this young offensive line, it helps to have a Gavin Williams on your team. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, uh, Michigan had, uh, oh, I don't know what you want to call it, but a change of pace back in Corum. They, mm-hmm. they rely on their heavy hitter, Haskins, but then they bring in, you know, the uh, lightning bolt quorum, and you saw what he did against Iowa. Yeah, I think Iowa fans don't need too much of a reminder of that one. That one probably. And that's what Iowa, Iowa has had that at different times. You know, that wasn't that long ago. It was Wadley and LaShawn Daniels. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go way back when they had one of their very best teams, it was. Uh, you know, little Fred Russell and Jermel Lewis, great, you know, change of pace back there. And and there have been other times in their history. That's uh, So, yeah, I mean, they'll have enough to get by at running back. They're not playing 
a defense as good as Michigan's in mm-hmm. Kentucky, not even rem- not remotely close. No, and, and probably the- not the offense either, for that matter. Granted, I yeah. think Kentucky has a really respectable offense that can really run the ball. They've passed the ball effectively, but it's not Michigan. No, no. I mean, Iowa had its big stage game of the season, and uh, that's behind them. And now they're back in another bowl playing another, what's Kentucky, ranked about 25th or something? Yeah, I think they're 22nd, and I want to say Iowa is 15th, okay. but I could be off. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what you're looking at. You know, you're looking at a good team, not a great team. Yeah, a team that will be remembered well, but not really, well, I'd say not hoisting championship banners, but Iowa will get the banner with the Big Ten division champion, and they do put up the banners for every bowl game. So it is a banner year, but not necessarily the extra-large banner year. Yeah, you know, it's the reason the game's meaningful it's, is it's because how you go out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's remembered. I mean, you, you, no matter which bowl it is, if you go out with a win, you're remembered for going out with a win, and it makes the winter warmer. <laughs> and they've won their last few bowls. Playing in Orlando um, also makes the winter warmer. I'm certainly not going to mind that warm climate in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, wear a mask. <laughs> that I will. You know, well, I yeah, think you, you might want to wear two in Orlando. But – I don't think our listeners know that last year I bought a 600 pack of paper masks from Costco because that was the It'd be funny if they did know that. Say that again? It'd be really, it'd be funny and yet scary if they did know that. (laughs) That's a good point. Unless somebody's like stalking my apartment, like using binoculars across the street, I don't think they would know that. You bought 600 of them, huh? (laughs) Yeah, so I don't have all 600 left, but I'll have plenty left to get through Orlando. Even with the full week there, with the Cheez-It Bowl for Iowa State and then the Citrus Bowl for Iowa. Well, there are hospitals who are going to come looking for you. (laughs) (laughs) I may have fans of Iowa fans or be like shorter mask and they're going to What else have we got to talk about? Is that it? Is that a wrap? <laughs> I think that is a wrap if we're okay. starting to talk about I'm not trying to give you the bums rush, but you know, <laughs> this is kind of reached the end. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I will have another episode next week talking a little bit more about the Citrus Bowl matchup. Until then, we will talk Hawks later. Mm-hmm.